Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and if being tied for first place is like kissing your sister, I guess being tied for last place is like kissing your third ugly cousin. <laughs> and I am the former Champ, and I am reading astrophysics for people in a hurry. <laughs> yeah? How's that going? You know what I've learned? Nothing. No, nothing earthly, that's for sure. Um, I, I don't understand any of this. I, it is so far over my head, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, why are you reading sort of like well, Why are you reading it? Um, because, you know, the title was for people in a hurry, so they thought they would dumb it down, and I'm sure they did, but there's probably no dumbing down enough for me to understand astrophysics. Um, but maybe we can ask one of our guests coming up, because... Um, you know, I think they have a little bit of knowledge in that field. We'll see. Astro- How are you doing, Chief? What's going on? Uh, you know, uh, I finished last, but I, I had a tie for last. I, I finished tied for last. I don't know if we've ever had that. I don't know if we've ever had um, that in the 30-plus well, we, years. We can check that out, but it, it felt good, didn't it? Yeah, it felt really good. Yeah, thanks. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's felt like having food poisoning for the last two months. That's what it felt like. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me ask you something. It, it, it's, it's part of the uh, it, it's part of the honor of uh, finishing in last place. I guess this makes you a co-commissioner. Is, no. is that correct? Yeah. No, I'm going to be the commissioner. I said that last week. I'm I, I'm going to okay. be a commissioner, and we're going to institute some rules, and you people are going to follow. And that's <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Well, we'll see. I I, I think we're going to have to talk to Tom because we need to make sure that he is at any winter meetings that, that we have because the last time that he was not at the winter meetings, we, we voted in some, some crazy rules. I think we even relented to having Bill allow dimes, which he's been trying for the last 27 years to pass. So um, I, I think we need to have a voice of reason. So somebody needs to be looking over your shoulder. Well, no, that that's what's going to happen. I'm going to call Tom, and he's going to tell me, hey, these these are the rules that we need to implement this, this year and get rid of, and that's what we're going to do. There is going to be no voting. It's good. <laughs> Tom's going to tell me how he, he thinks the league should run, and that's how it's going to run. Yeah. Yeah, that's how. That's how so, yeah, there will be no voting anymore. Okay, so, so here's what we can do, Rod. Here's my idea is, is that instead of emailing everybody their ideas in terms of and then having them vote on it, maybe we can kind of, you know, air quotes, send it through the mail. Right. <laughs> yeah. Don't, yeah, we can always just say, yeah, don't worry. The rule changes are in the mail, your ballots are in the mail. Just, just hang on. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. All right. So this is our last week uh, for the 2020 season. It wrapped up yesterday afternoon with the Reds beating the Twins, and which actually was pretty significant for me. So I'll go through the, the standings review starting from the bottom-ish. Um, so we had Crazy Joe Devola, my team, tied for ninth, 31 and a half points. I had a win in the last game of the season. The last pitch of the 2020 season, Rasul Iglesias got a Minnesota twin out and got me a win and got me uh, a share of, of, of last place. Um, not much talk about with this team. Uh, Bellinger, Segura, Votto, J.D. Davis, Freddie Galvis, all very disappointing. Bellinger was really disappointing. Um, I lost Merle Kelly and Mike Soroka early. I, I probably wouldn't have finished in 10th. I know I wouldn't have finished in 10th if those guys would have stayed, but uh, either way, I, I would have finished in ninth or 8th, so it really wouldn't have mattered. Um, 
Here come the runs. Sam Kirk, he's the one I finished tied for last with. He dropped five and a half points the last seven days. But uh, interesting, he was not the youngest Bush leaguer to finish last, and I think he's probably 20. So yeah, he, did you know who was the youngest person oh, to it, ever finish last? It was me at 17. Uh, was, it yeah, was you, yes. Yeah, at 17 years old. Uh, yep. It, it, it's a record that you've held for, what, 36 years? I doubt if it would ever be broken again. <laughs> and maybe if we can have your grandson in the league next year, maybe not, he would probably still beat you. Never mind. Yeah. You know, that That's like Joe DiMaggio's hitting streak. <laughs> I, think <that's, laughs> I don't think – yeah, I just won't – I just won't vote anybody in that's 17. I'll just wait till they're 18. <laughs> and I'll always have that. Uh, finishing eighth was the denogonizer, Rick Lake. He did a hell of a job considering what he – what he started with um he was buried in the cellar he dug himself out he's got 34 and a half points he had another good week 10 he had 56 points up two and a half points for the week so if you look at him and here come the runs that is a an eight point swing in seven days and and uh, yeah rick did a really good job managing his team and just it just throwing anybody in that lineup and see if it would stick and um he probably he probably gained ten points in the last month. I, I haven't thought I haven't looked at that, but I'm probably pretty close. I'm probably pretty close to yeah. that. You know what? He he really did. He 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 battled through, and uh, I think there was a lot of personal pride. I, I don't think he wanted to finish behind you. Um, jumping back to here comes the run. Do you think that um, you know? I know that they were going to uh, to, to Penn State this year. Do you, do you think that that um, had the season going one more week that you would have passed them? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, my offense was so bad. My I told you my pitching was coming back, and and you know, I, I it, it wasn't that bad. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I would have passed him in the sense that my team got better. His his team would have got worse. <laughs> that's right. the well, only reason. I mean, yeah. Down down there, that's what you're hoping for. That's all. <laughs> and then we have seventh spot: Cindy Studs, Bob Freeze. Uh, last week was the first week in 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 the season that he actually didn't drop a, a, a ranking. Uh, he dropped six and a half points this week, all uh, six of it offensive. My note in there is this team needed the pan pandemic to flare up in early August and he wouldn't have finished in the money. So <laughs> he, he dropped every week. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Um, yeah. His, his team peaked fairly early. Yeah. And I, I know they were the, uh, the CBS darlings expected to to win um i, I think cbs met, met, messed up they got the wrong freeze brother um in terms <laughs> of picking who who was going to win but uh yeah well it was kind of a disappointing uh year for him i i, I know he had hoped uh, as we talked to him last week to finish fifth and uh his team just did not perform this past week no yeah it w went backwards and then finishing six to round out the bottom half uh the honey nut each rose case um, he, he was actually fifth on Saturday night, late Saturday night. And then, uh, I don't, he didn't have half his team didn't play on Sunday. Clevenger missed a start. Uh, he got pushed to that Wednesday. Then he missed it over the weekend. Um, he was two homers and a stolen base of one K away from, from fifth. But you know, when half your team doesn't play the last day, that's, that's it. But I think he did a really good job too, digging himself out and actually, you know, he actually put him in himself at a spot to finish in the top half. Yeah, you know what? Um, it, he was he was mired 
close to the bottom. And, I, again, he, he, he did have a chance Saturday night. I was very nervous that he was going to finish in the top half. So um, nice job by, by Case. Certainly moves up from his uh, last place finish last year uh, to sixth place this year. So, you know, he keeps it up. He should be, uh, you know, exponentially moving up into the, the money next year. So big things are expected um, from him. Yeah. So, and that brings us to the top half. Yeah, so the top half, uh, I, I guess my claim to fame here is all I was trying to do was not finish in the bottom half. And I avoided my first bottom half finish since 2007. So yay me. <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, helped me um, stay out of the bottom half was, was Trevor Story. And we're going to talk about him later. But believe it or not, he led the National League. In, in steals with, with 15. And I want to thank Josh for um, helping me um, take uh, take Stewart because had he not taken Arenado, which we'll talk about, I would have taken um, Arenado in the seventh spot and he could have taken Story. So, you know, once again, I kind of lucked out there. But my, my team was just doomed this year by just uh, a, a really poor jo- uh, job in, in fab and roster management this year. Um, and um, I, I think probably uh, I, I jinxed myself when uh, I named my team Stan's Attic um, because for Stan, uh, a fifth-place finish would have been probably his highest finish in the Bush League. So um, I guess I kind of deserve where, where I was at. So <laughs> um, bad job by me. Um, finishing in fourth, and our, 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 our first guest of the day is Josh. Panzarella, um, owner of Lenny, Lenny's Landmine. Um, Josh, how are you doing today? I am good. How are you, James? Okay, okay. So, tough, tough way to end the season, huh? Do you want, do you want to talk about that for a second? Oh, not particularly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I talk to Mr. Bob about this quite often throughout the year. We, we do work together, Bob Freeze, that is, and and I was hanging up there in second for a long time. I could just not not catch a Tom, but I was, I was pretty steady in that second spot for the last couple of weeks, and then uh, I didn't pull the old ripcord on the parachute, so <laughs> free falling a little bit. Yeah, we um, the, the plan was the last two weeks, the previous two weeks, we actually had owners on, and we kind of tried to set this up so that we would have the top two on today. And yeah, you did your best me. <laughs> yeah. Well, to your point, to your point, Josh. You know, you were in the money um, mm-hmm. all ten weeks except for week two and, and the final week. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. No, oh, you know, that's pretty pretty consistent for a good while there, and then uh, you know, stuff just started piling up towards the end there, and then uh, I, I mean, part of my downfall was I really put you put it the bad thing, and uh, I don't know. I played like I could carry over some cat money for some stupid ass reason, and it cost me. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about that. Um, one of the things that Roger had pointed out. This is probably into week or week six or week seven. Um, you had the uh, I believe the number six overall pick, and you mm-hmm. went with uh, Nolan Arenado. Um, and then with the number seven pick, I picked Trevor Story. And um, Again, I probably would have done the same thing in that position, but I, I took a look today, Josh, and, and not to pile on here, but had you taken Arenado, um, you would have gained three points in run and six points in steals. So you may not have beat Tom, but you definitely would have finished second. Um, any thoughts yeah. about that? In, in yeah. 
Yeah, what's one more dagger in the in the chest, right? Let's call it. <laughs> Glad I don't listen, damn it. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, you know, I got too cute with that, and I, I kind of just went with a fanboy thing, which I seem to be prone to doing, and uh, took Arenado over Sto- uh, Story, and it just, Arenado wasn't right all year. He started off with a slow start, got a little hot, and he's been hurt, so it's just, uh, yeah. You know, it was a bad decision. Obviously, it just didn't work out, but it happens. I mean, well, you, you know, when we look at that, um, you actually did have some really good production from two shortstops, um, Seeger and, and and Swanson, um, which were really second round uh, second round production, and and you got third round production um, out of Cole Calhoun, who you drafted in in, in the thirteenth round. Do you want do you want to talk about those guys for a second? Yeah, you know. Uh, I really, coming out of the draft, really like my infield as a whole. Uh, like, you remember Freddie Freeman dropped a little bit. He had a pretty, pretty bad case of the, the COVID yeah. coming out of the uh, summer camp. But, I mean, that ended up working out well, obviously, one batting title. So, uh, I got lucky with some guys like Cano. Actually had a pretty decent year. Uh, stayed relatively healthy outside of missing a couple weeks early. And, um yeah, I knew Seager I'd be okay as long as he stayed healthy. Swanson kind of was coping on a little bit. He was a little hot and cold, but uh, he got off to a really good start and uh, pretty much carried on throughout throughout the year. Um, and Calhoun, yeah, I mean, I got some bombs out of him. You take what you get, you know, lower average, a lot of strikeouts, but it'll hit you, you know, in a regular year, 20-plus homer. So. And uh, Dominic Smith actually ended up being a pretty, pretty – Decent pickup for me, or decent draft pick for me after uh, what's her name? Seth this opted out. So yeah, um, my outfield was kind of a big weak spot in the catcher. Obviously, uh, didn't get anything out of David Dahl all year. Kind of, I think you had him in the normal bush league season. Yes, I do. Correct. Yeah. I mean, normally he hits, but he he just hurt a lot this year. He didn't hit any got hurt. So. And uh, Brian Reynolds is another guy that I thought coming off that big rookie year last year would do a little better than he did, or a lot better than he did, you know, maybe at least hit 200. But <laughs> I didn't get that. So let, let's talk Fab for a second here, because I, I think you had one of the better Fab pickups in, in Devin Williams. Um, in the 17 innings that you actually had him on your roster, um, 33 Ks, um, he didn't give up one run. Um, a 0.00 ERA and a .46 WHIP to go along with three wins. Um, what did you know about him that you that made you pick him up? Uh, not a whole lot, other than you know, I, I mean, I honestly had not heard of him until I was kind of just looking through Fab guys, trying to find, uh, trying to build up my my relief numbers, my strikeouts, my K or my uh, my saves. I, I know he wasn't getting saves that hater. But I was going to look at a lot for relief ups. I was leading the save category, too, for a long, I mean, most of the season until the end there. And uh, I specifically took some closers, and I, I lost that gas can Wade Davis early, which you know, <laughs> doesn't really matter. So <laughs> basically, I was just looking for guys that uh, could strike some guys out. I looked for more than a K in any guys, basically, what I was looking for. And, yeah. Uh, I came across him, and I just figured, oh, what the hell? I mean, he's obviously got numbers, so just take a shot. Maybe you'll collect some saves if that happens, fall that way. But the Kings are big, obviously. And he didn't give up runners. So, 
So one of the things I've got to ask you regarding FAB, regarding FAB is that you, you left um, $31 on the FAB table. Um, what happened there? Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's about it. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I kind of <laughs> pussyfooted around. I don't know. I, I just did not push in for some stupid reason, especially, I mean, even last Saturday, I just kind of, I lost uh, Arenado and a couple guys in the infield were going down. Jimenez from the Mets was going down. Um, uh, I believe it's uh, the even the Rockies. I can't even remember his name. Bill uh, ended up getting them. And I put like some just you know sissy bed ins on the thing. After you know, I wake up, I'm like, ah, Bill got them, but he was by like fourteen dollars or whatever. So um, putting cat money away for vacation, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I just uh, <laughs> shot myself and said, this really did he bet it most of the year. So I did well, have to get a big gamble for like 20 stupid dollars or whatever it was earlier. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, all, all this kind of negative stuff, you know, if, if we focus on the positive for a second, I mean, I, I know you did finish fourth, but you finished mm-hmm. with, with, with 70 points. And if you finish with 70 points, that should really put you um, somewhere close to the top. So you were only two and a half points out of third and three and a half points out out of second. Um, what do you think um, the lessons learned may have been this year that you can apply toward uh, towards next year? Anything you would do differently? Well, you know, again, it's obviously taking Aaron out over story ended up killing me just in that way, but uh, – I don't know if I would take that back necessarily in a regular year. You just you, you get a guy you like, you go for it. I mean, sure. Sometimes the numbers don't always end up being, you know, the numbers. I mean, that's why the CBS rankings have guys, you know, Bob ranked at number one, and you finish here because everything doesn't always pan out according to plan. Um, I tried to be more balanced in the draft this year. I'm kind of known for just loading up on power and cave. Uh, I'll probably maybe spread out in the draft, my position's a little better instead of just building, you know, a really good infield but having really subpar pitching. And the pitching was basically middle of the road to the bottom in most categories, you know. But that's what happens when Jake Arrieta is your, your number two starter. So um, <laughs> probably try and spread the wealth a little a little more evenly instead of loading okay. up, you know. Yeah. So, so the last question I have for you, um, knowing this um, – do you think that a draft or an auction um, benefits you more? Um, well, depending on the draft, I mean, if you're not doing keepers, you're doing it this way. It's the pool is bigger, obviously. Um, what's, what's nice about the auction is you have, you have a shot at everybody, you know. Everybody's got a shot at everybody, depending yep. on what you want to put on the guy. So the auction, I, I think we talked about this definitely the first time we talked and maybe even the second time, uh, the auction to me is just more fun. It's more competitive. I mean, it's, it's kind of neat, you know, pitching people up or trying to get somebody <laughs> to take a guy. I mean, that, that part of it's fun, you know. <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, hey uh, Raj, did you have questions for John? Josh, I just had one question. When Trevor Rosenthal got traded to the National League, did you put a bid in for him? Trevor Rosenthal, I did not put a bid in for him, no. Okay, I was just curious because I, I thought that's where you could kind of stave off Bill, but I don't know if it would have made a difference because I, I only think he had one save for Tom. I, I have to ask Tom, but, 
Yeah, I was a little surprised you didn't you, you didn't put in for that because you needed that point to keep him away from you. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, I just uh, I don't know. I sat on a pile of money. Yeah, I get no it. No reason whatsoever. Just, uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, take with me for next year. Keep that in mind next year's draft. I got thirty one dollars in the bank. So. <laughs> nice. Hey, Josh. Uh, thanks for thanks for jumping on. Uh, congratulations on the season. Thought it was going to end a little bit better, but um, you know we'll be talking um, in the off season. Um, continue to listen to us. We're going to. Um, talk during the off season, and um, you know, hope everything goes uh, well for you. Uh, we'll talk to you, uh, talk to you down the road. Definitely, definitely. It was a fun year, you know, kind of a crazy year, but uh, appreciate you guys setting us up and everything. And uh, it's been fun, it's been fun talking to you guys. And congrats to you guys who finished, Raj. Congrats on uh, you know getting out of the basement, or being <laughs> lonely in the basement. Just and, hang up the phone, man. Taking your rightful, <laughs> your rightful spot as the uh, star of the, the league next year. Um, <laughs> Yeah. I look forward to your dictatorship. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll obviously be in contact. Uh, All right, buddy. Tom, too. So. All right, we'll talk to you. No, I thank you, guys. Yeah, you got it. Thanks, Josh. Yes, you, got uh, it. You, you know what, Rod? You got to love it. You know, um, you, you, you got to take a couple shots at the person um, behind you anyway. So, uh, you got to <laughs> love that. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on here. Um, our third-place finisher with 72.5 points making a big push at the end was yeah. the Bills boys who um, actually had the league's um, best offense. Um, you know, we had talked to Bill last week in the podcast, and he said as part of his draft strategy this year was that he planned to go heavy in offense, um, which he did. Um, he either finished first or second in every offensive category. Um, he had the best reserve round pick. Um, he got fourth round production out of Adam Duvall, who I believe had 15 or 16 uh, home runs this year, um, which was was a great pick and something you need. You know, you need those lucky picks to uh, to finish in, in the money. Um, he did have league average pitch, pitching, which is probably the reason why he finished in third place. Um, he finished second to last in both wins and strikeouts and. I think that was a big reason that kept him out of a um, another um, possible title run um, is that he was hurt by, by those um, counting stats, if you will, and just wasn't going to have enough pitching to, uh, to challenge Tom. Um, our second-place finisher was um, Hawks eat squirrels, but we're going to have to revise that and put a strike through that because we know that's not true. Um, they uh, had strong pitching. Um, opposite of uh, Bill's voice, that led him to a second-place finish. And, you know, funny enough, he was picked last by CBS Sports, and he ends up finishing second. Uh, but Tommy Sam's injury um, hurt him. Um, but, but his two other Padre outfielders, Will Myers and Trent Grisham, he got second-round production out of both of them. And, you know, I, I guess if you kind of look at it in, uh, in total – probably what you would have expected, but just not in the order um, of, of those three. Right. But he picked up Fam in a, in a fab late in the season. He, he, I think he had him for the last 10 days, and he was just trying to squeeze oh, anything out of him. Gotcha. Yeah, because Case had him in the draft, and, yeah, he lost. He, I mean, he, Case, I think, got a week and a half out of him. But I think, yeah, I think Bob tried to pick him up to see if he could get a couple 
swipes and a stolen base here, you know, a couple runs scored. And, um, but Will Myers had it. I think he might have had the best two months of his life. <laughs> he is smoking the ball. Yeah, he's having a great – he had a great season. So one of the questions I would love to ask Bob is, you know, what did he really expect out of Trent Grisham? Because I think he, yeah. um, it was probably, you know, lightning in a bottle. Um, he, he picked him up in the 16th round and got second-round production. Um, I'm thinking that in a normal season he falls somewhere in between those two, but uh, a, a nice breakout year, breakout year by Trent Grisham. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, I, I, now he explains why they traded those other outfielders because they needed spots for the, that guy. Yeah, he he had a real yeah. good year. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the Brewers are you know probably lamenting that they uh, uh, had to give up on uh, on Grisham. Yeah. Um, Hawks pitching, uh, starting pitching was really good this year. Um, composite two point five six ERA with starters and a one point oh three WHIP. Um, he had said early on, uh, I think it was um, maybe in week one, that his pitching would go as far as you Darvish would, would carry him. And, you know, while he may have struggled a little bit at the end, you Darvish, um, still a great year by, by, by Darvish, um, his, his, his top um, starting pitcher pick was Jack Flaherty, who finished with a disappointing 4.84 ERA. Um, any thoughts on the Hawks? Well, I mean, he led the league in strikeouts. He led the league in wins. If Flaherty has a normal year, you know, maybe moves one or two up in WHIP, and maybe maybe he passes Tom in, in ERA. But he finished second in ERA. So, um, if Flaherty would just him having that bad year didn't affect him that much. Yeah, um, Flaherty obviously they were the Cardinals were treating him with kid gloves, and he didn't have a whole lot of innings. So. You know, I, I want to say that he only had uh, 30 or 40 innings. So um, the ERA didn't hurt as much as you would have thought. It's just, the, you know, the fact that he had, I think he was his number two or three pick. Um, yeah. yeah. In the in the draft. Yeah. And, yeah, and you, you expect more out of that guy. Yeah, you, you expect that, uh, him to pitch every five days. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that's the absolute case. So. We'll see um, if, if Clarity, and not that it'll help Bob, but we'll see if he can uh, redeem himself in postseason play. <laughs> and, yeah, now um, the number one team, uh, the Voracious Squirrels, uh, finished first with 89.5 points. And we have the Voracious Squirrel owner, Tom Fries, on the line. Tom, how you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, I want to... Be, uh, I want to be one of the first to congratulate you um, on the air and uh, early birthday wishes to you. Yeah, almost there. <laughs> so for, 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 for all of the Bush League owners, all the Bush League owners, here's a fun fact. Did you know that you are the youngest and the oldest to ever win a Bush League title? Ah, there you go. Never yeah. even thought of that. Yeah. So... Hey, let's let's talk about your your, your team a little bit. Um, you were pretty much strong um, all year long. Uh, in fact, you you led the league since um, week number four. Um, you finished in top three in every category, and you won runs, ERA, and and WHIP. Um, talk about that for a second. Your 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 draft strategy. Well, we talked about it a little bit last time we we. Um, we spoke. Um, I tend to compensate for last year's failings every year. Um, 
So this last year I was low on pitching. So this year I I consciously went after starting pitching, and I ended up with five really good starting pitchers who who basically pitched the whole year. I mean, I did miss some spots now and then. Um, and then I don't know how I ended up with the offense I got. I mean, I did have the first pick. And Acuna was good, but he wasn't great. And he was hurt for a while. Um, I got lucky a bit, I'll say, with Ozuna. The guy had a monster year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Acuna and Ozuna played together, it was incredible. Those guys just pound the ball or they walk. So, you know, both this year were getting me, uh, getting me points. So that worked out really well. Um, I got lucky with, well, let's call it luck, uh, with uh, Hudson. I ended up third in saves somehow, and, and my only closer, what I thought I would have had, didn't even get, he maybe got one save. Uh, that was uh, Yates. So Hudson, and then I picked up uh, Rosenthal at the end, and I think I got two or three saves out of him which got me quite a few points. I think he got, yesterday he got the, got one also. Yes, that's um, correct. And then, you know, I really didn't need to make any moves all year. I got lucky with injuries. I didn't have any, other than Yates, any catastrophic injuries, and I think I may have been the only team that didn't. Um, I ended up with... Uh, I played most of the year with five shortstops, which to me would have been a <laughs> kiss of death. But they played. I mean, they, they didn't knock anybody out, but they would collect runs. they get stolen base now and then. And once in a while, they get a home run. I thought God gave me a gift when, uh, when uh, Crawford got dropped. I picked him up the next week. Guy played every day, got home runs. Um, I did pretty well with Fab, I thought. Um, I decided early on that I was not leaving money on the table. And it was a short year, so the earlier I spent it, the more benefit I was going to get out of it. Uh, I made a few mistakes, and it didn't help me a lot, but it helped a little bit. I mean, I had every position I had, I played almost every day. So I don't know what the, the total was on it at bats or anything, but uh, I probably would have been pretty high at that. You know what? We're gonna we're gonna check that. Um, yeah, let's 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 jump to your your pitching really quick because you talked about the the big five pitchers you had: uh, Lamette, Davies, Freed, Gray, and Marquez. And you know, I was looking at them. They they combined for 57 starts, like you said. They they really didn't miss a start. But they had a 2.94 ERA and a 1.11 WHIP. But in those 57 starts, you got 26 wins from that, which is a 46 percent win conversion, which I, you know, Rod and I were talking before the show. That's that's pretty big. Um, did you really think that they were that good, or did you catch lightning in a bottle? Oh, I think it was a little bit of both. I I like I said, I consciously picked. I consciously loaded up. Um, I went after strikeouts. Um, I went after guys who I thought were going to pitch and who finished strong last year. Um, Davies was like. Pick number 102 or something. I don't know what round that is, but that was really late, and he pitched really well, and he pitched well at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, did I think they were going to be that good? Probably not, no. But I knew I didn't want to be as bad as I was last year, 
and I didn't think I could be <laughs> with those guys. Um, yeah, that's you know, a really good. That's you know how you, you struggle if you don't have a pitcher. You struggle to find one, and you try to catch the the hot shoe in Fab. And I luckily didn't have to do that this year. Boy, that's a nice place to be. That makes your Saturday nights or your Sunday mornings much more palatable. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was able to go after, take chances on guys. You know, I I picked guy two weeks before he got called up because I, I kind of thought he was going to get called up, and I was able to do that because they didn't have an immediate need. So that was yeah. that was nice. Um, you were talking about Marcel Azuna. Um, he was your sixth round pick. Um, he had uh, 38 runs scored, 18 homers. 56 RBIs in yeah. 60, 60 games and a 1.059 OPS. So I, I, I got two questions for you. Uh, number one, did you expect that? And number two, you were the person that uh, decided, hey, we, maybe we should use OPS. Did you have him in mind when, when you decided to change the category from average? No, I did not have him in mind. I just kind of valued I, I thought it showed more value that OPS. That's why I kind of suggested it. I mean, it was it was interesting watching people take walks and be. Re- I was rewarded for it, and and that's not a big part of the game anymore. Taking some walks when they're when they're not going to pitch to you. Um, no, I had no idea the guy was going to have that kind of year, but it was fun to watch. Actually, I, uh, as a Cardinals fan, I I am a little bit disappointed to see his season because yeah. uh, he was not this good in St. Louis. No. Led the NL in, in home runs. And another fun fact is that the leader in AL home runs was uh, Luke Voigt, another former Cardinals. So the Cardinals had two uh, former players that led the American League and National League in home runs while they try and struggle through uh, just a, a, a terrible um, offense. Um, another player that, that that's kind of been uh, a lightning rod for, for Raj and I is Mike Yastrzemski. Uh 14-round pick with third-round value. Um, question for you is, what would you pay in an auction for him next year? Uh, I think he may have peaked shortly after Roger badmouthing in uh, when was that, August? <laughs> when was that that he, he did that? Well, uh, hold on. Did he I, have another home run after? He did have one more home run after. I wasn't badmouthing him. I was just saying that I didn't think he was a top 10 hitter. That's all I was saying. <laughs> I'm sure he's a really nice person. I thought, I thought again, there's another one. If, if you would have watched him at the end of the last year, he, he played, he hit really well, he played really well, and he was playing every day. And that's the main reason I went after him. I, you know, not go after him, but he was there, and I liked the fact that he was going to play. He's actually older than I thought he was. He's actually 30 years old. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, no, I didn't. I, I was hoping. I was hoping he, he'd do something. How did you, uh, how did you celebrate your, your win? Uh, a couple 120s, or what did you have? Well, I, I told you the, uh, the other week I drank my last 120. Uh, I had a... Uh, a couple of years ago, we went to uh, you and I went to uh, Trugs, and you believe it or not, you bought me a four pack. I still don't know why you bought it, but I saved oh. one and and I drank that last night to celebrate. Um, what I kind of remember is 
you and I had uh, we, we had designated drivers, so we had a fair bit to drink that day. <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't drinking low test either, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, we weren't. We were not. Hey, congratulations. Nice year by you. Um, uh, does this give you uh, any more incentive next year? Did you learn anything this year that you might apply to next year's team? Well, it, it was completely different. Um, I think the, the snake draft non-auction was to my advantage. Um, I'm, I was, I'm usually very prepared because I don't have time to look at things during the normal draft. So I think I might have been a little, had a little bit more information at my fingertips that was viewable um, during the draft. So I said I had a little advantage there. Now I'm going to have to go back and fight for the guys that I want, and you know how that happens. All you need is one of the guys who wants the same guy, and, and it, it gets blown out. So I don't know that I learned anything. Um, Let me ask you now. Whatever I learned, I'll screw up anyway when it, <laughs> when it comes to well, it. This is like the, the, the third or fourth time we've had you on the podcast. And I want to know, was there a bit of gamesmanship? Because before, uh, before the draft, um, we talked about having Kentucky Derby style in terms of where you want to pick. And you said that you don't know. You might pick, you might choose uh, the 10th spot. And sure enough, when it came up to you to pick, you picked the first spot and you end up winning. Uh, was that a bit of gamesmanship? No, I really wanted to pick third. And that was already taken. And... I figured, you know what, um, I, I decided that Acuna was the guy to take. Um, I struggled when I think I said pick and tenth is that I didn't know who to take. But then I did a little, did a little research, and I made up my mind that's who I wanted. Um, was he the first guy that should have been taken? In hindsight, no. But uh, uh, once I made up my mind that I knew who I was going to take, I decided to go first. All right. That's well, well, how waiting. 18 picks between picks. It, it is. The wheel pick is not a fun place to be. No. So I've been at the other end. I've been – well, you and I, I think, in the other draft were 13 and 14 one year, I think. And and it's a long time to wait, and a lot of guys go off the board, and you got to constantly adjust what you're looking for. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the uh, regular draft next year. Well, well, well done by you, and just a quick shout-out to and let the other listeners know that not only did you win the Bush League, but you won the Republic League. So you yeah. are the first person to, to do that, and um, I, I was close in 2015. I lost on the last day in the Republic League, but, um, you know, I'm coming after you next year. So I'm, I'm going to turn you over to the co-commissioner and see what uh, questions he has for you. Go get him, Raj. Tom, I, I just had one question. At, at what point did you feel like, yeah, there, there, no one's going to catch me? Or did you feel that way at any point? I can definitely tell you last weekend, I, I actually said something to Michelle. I said, it, it, it's over. There's no way they can catch me. But I didn't look down through the individual categories until last weekend. Okay. I was I – was, just trying to manage my team and get the most out of it that I could. But then last weekend I went down through each category and I said to her, I go, it's over. I said, there's no way. Uh, number one, nobody was really all that hot. Yeah. The other right. teams. Yeah. Um, even if I didn't, I mean, I wasn't exactly mediocre the last week, but I 
didn't have my monster weeks that I, I did have during the year. Um, so, yeah, last weekend, I was pretty sure. And then uh, you have Sonny Gray on your reserve, and, and you got a pretty solid pitching. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's just no I room for Sonny done. Gray. <laughs> really? You thought he was yeah, done? I, thought, I, I completely missed that one. I didn't realize they were going to bring him back. Oh, okay. Again. All right, yeah, I got you. Yeah, because I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, God bless. He's He's got a top-tier pitcher. <laughs> he's not even playing. <laughs> I thought maybe you did it on purpose to say, hey, I'm not playing nah, Sonny nah. Gray. See if anybody can catch me. Um, no, nah, because he, he was actually on the DL when I dropped yeah, him down. I, yeah, and I remember that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then he activated. Yeah. And then lastly, um, did you continue watching the Phils since the last time we spoke? I watched every game. I even watched yesterday's game. Oh, brother. Uh, I'm terribly disappointed. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, in a sentence or two, what do you think their main issue is? I mean, they got a lot of holes. I mean, but what's the issue they got to deal with? Whether it be a, well, a person in the management or, or the people on the field? Well, I think the GM is probably on his way out. Yeah, okay. Unless they, unless he's a relative. Um <laughs> Because I don't think, I don't think you can hope to survive with that bullpen they had. Oh no! Yeah. Um, by the way, I bid sixteen dollars on that guy they got from Boston. Can't think of his name right now. Workman. Workman. Yeah. Workman and lost and lost in the tiebreaker. So I I caught a break there. <laughs> yeah, Rick got him. Yeah. I bid sixteen dollars for him and lost. <laughs> Yeah. Say, there's a little bit of luck involved in winning the title, right? There sure is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, lastly, you watch Didi Gregorius every day. What, what, what are your thoughts on this guy? I liked him. Yeah. I liked the way he played. Um, I hope they – I don't know whether they'll get him back or not or whether it was, a, you know, maybe he did one last hurrah and maybe he's done. But he seemed pretty good with the – you can't really tell because you don't. They don't interact anymore, and everything's so staged. But from what I hear, he was good in the dugout. Um, I, I he seems to when he hit in the clutch, which I like. Um, so yeah, I I'd like to see him come back. Yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything I, coming I, up to replace him. No, I I think if they get if they sign him, they keep Segura. They got Bomb. They they got a they got a totally reconstruct Hoskins swing, but um, I, I think that's a pretty solid infield, and I don't, I don't think it's expensive, and I, I agree with you. I, I think they got to figure a way to keep this guy, because Segura was starting to hit the ball in the past month. An offense wasn't their problem. Uh, yeah, they, they went into maybe, prolonged maybe slumps. Offense was their problem. Yeah, they would go innings without getting guys yeah. on base, but anyway, yeah, that bullpen, and hopefully Clintac's on his way out, because uh, you can't spend $200 million and, and finish below 560 games they, they would have been 20 games under 500 if this was a six-month season yeah, yeah it, it was yeah. bad but anyway yeah thanks Todd. thanks for coming on congratulations and uh yeah that was a hell of a team yeah that was, that was a hell of a team i got one hey. last thing if yeah if i may you might yeah. find it humorous well I'm, I'm downstairs working this morning it's about nine o'clock and michelle yells down you got to come up here there was a hawk 
had our squirrel pinned down on the back deck, <laughs> and that, that squirrel was screaming like uh, like an ex-champ. <laughs> it was so afraid of, of that hawk. And I thought, wow, well, how ironic. The, the, uh, the day after the season, and that squirrel's going to be dead soon. <laughs> Maybe that's a bit of foreshadowing for 2021. Yeah, Who knows? yeah. yeah. I like well, the season didn't end soon enough. Oh boy. <laughs> hey, 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 Tom. Hey, Tom. Listen. Uh, next time we talk to you, you and I will talk a little astrophysics, and uh, we'll talk about uh, Schrodinger's cat. And you can explain that to me again, because okay. the last time you tried to explain it to me, we were in Cooperstown and we had a few beers there too. So uh, I might be I, better explaining after a few beers, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Hey, congratulations again, Tom. Appreciate you coming on. All right, thanks. All I'm right. going to run. I'm going to drop off. Yeah, take care. Okay, take care. Yep, bye. All right. Hey, Roger. Yeah, that was Is good. That hilarious or yeah. what? Yeah, I can't believe he <laughs> saw it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. All right, so we'll, we'll roll into baseball news. Uh, let's talk about yeah. this Juan Soto. Uh, won the National League batting title. Uh, are you asking if he's the best hitter in Major League Baseball, pure hitter? Uh, I'm a, yes, I'm asking, is he the best pure hitter? I mean, at, at age 21, this guy seems to have no hitting weaknesses. And, you know, I, I, I put this on here early last week before he was going to win a batting title. But uh, for, for, for 21, if he's truly 21 years old, just seems to have so many good years in front of him. And I, I know <laughs> hold, you hold and, up, and hold up. Are, are kind of hitting students. Uh, I just want to know your thoughts on that. Well, let me back up. If if he's really 21, is that what you just said? <laughs> if, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I I I get to see him when he plays the fills. He does have a really good swing. It and he's six one two twenty. Uh, yeah, his swing is sweet. I, I I was when you put it out there. I was thinking about Lemayhu, as well. I, I think Lemayhu may be the first guy to win the batting title in both leagues and if ever and maybe in decades i i don't know but uh you, you know i'm talking about dj lemayhu yes i do yeah yep. um yeah it'd be interesting to see what soto does because he should start hitting his prime here i mean this is his third quote-unquote full season right yeah um he has 328 hits in three seasons so uh yeah i he is fun to watch and and yeah his his stroke is pretty smooth and he he doesn't really strike out a lot i think last year no. yeah last year he struck out 132 times in 659 at bats which is not a lot at all and his ops was pretty crazy so far this this two months of 11885 so um i don't know maybe you're right uh, you know lemay who's been in the league a little longer and and uh and's got a chance to win those batting titles but yeah, I, I love Soto. I, I think he's a, yeah, he's a really good hitter. He he kind of snuck up on everybody, right? Because the the big prospect at that time before he came up was Victor Robles, who's yeah. a decent player, but nowhere on the caliber of a Juan Soto. No, he's he's definitely a different player. Yeah, he, I, yeah, Robles is is uh, yeah, he he can't drive the ball like Soto can. Yes, Soto could drive the ball pretty good. So yeah, it'd be interesting to to see um see how he does the next couple of years, but he's definitely a, uh, I don't know, maybe he passes Acuna as the best player in the National League. 
Um, possibly, you know, best you young know, player. Um, yeah, I, I think I think Acuna is a little bit more well-rounded in, in the fact that he steals a lot more bases. Certainly from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he which does. Is why I ask the mm-hmm. question is Soto yeah. the best pure hitter, not yeah, you know, all-around player. Yeah, he he does. He he has a he has a pretty street sw- sweet stroke there. Um, you also brought up Alejandro Kirk. Five eight. Yeah. So let me five eight two sixty five. I don't know. Did you watch? Have you watched many Blue Jays games? Just when they play the Phils. Yeah. I had. I don't know if I've seen him. Okay. So let me tell you. Um. You know, obviously, with the last name Kirk, because we have uh, the Kirk boys, both um, Bob and and Sam Kirk. And I'm like, oh, okay. Let me take a look at this guy. This Alejandro Kirk. He's a catcher for the Blue Jays. He's five eight, maybe five eight. And he weighs 265 pounds. So he's kind of like a split image of Bob. If Bob lost about, uh, what, five inches and lost about 200 pounds? Or, excuse me, lost about 65 pounds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at pictures. This guy's a tank. I know one thing. You're not, you're not running into this guy. Like, you're just no, giving up. Want to. Yeah. yeah, you're giving up at that point. Yeah. It's, yeah. And uh, I've, I've, now that I've seen the pictures of, I have seen him play, and uh, yeah, he's actually he's actually a pretty good hitter. It reminds me of uh, one of yeah. the one of the Molina brothers. Which yeah. one was kind of built like that, Benji or you know, there was three of them. I, I can't remember which one, but yeah, he kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Yeah. So uh, let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about playoffs, right? Because um, you know, um, eight teams that got in, uh, L.A. Um, plays Milwaukee, Atlanta plays Cincinnati, Chicago against Miami, and San Diego against St. Louis. Um, as part of the picks in the preseason, you got seven out of eight right. The only team that you did not get was you got the net. You didn't get the Nets, um, and uh, well, nobody probably would have gotten Miami yeah. to uh, pick Miami yeah. to get into the playoffs. Um, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I I didn't like the Phillies. I didn't trust the Mets. I didn't think the Diamondbacks or the the Rockies were good enough, and obviously we've we've talked about the Pirates. And it's funny how the Brewers lost their way into the playoffs because the because the Giants and the Phillies kept losing. So I think the Brewers lost two out of three to St. Louis that last weekend, or they uh, split with I, them. I think it was like three out of five. Three out of five. Okay, yeah, they walked they walked into the playoffs. So I think I got kind of lucky with that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I had all four of the central teams. Every one of them. It was picked. I thought the other ones are pretty easy. Dodgers, Braves, right? And the Padres were the uh, quote-unquote sexy pick for both of us. And you had the Mets yeah. and the Diamondbacks, though, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that, well, I should have known. The, the the whole A-Rod stuff was a distraction to the team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, Robbie Ray just brought everybody's team down, whether it's the Diamondbacks or whoever picked them up in fantasy teams. Uh, I, no, I don't know. Those teams just did not perform well. Um, what about the – who are you picking in the playoffs now? Right. So these uh, four games in the National League. So I'm going to go with some upsets. Uh, I'm going to take L.A. over Milwaukee. I think that's pretty easy. I'm going to take Cincinnati over Atlanta. I think Cincinnati's pitching is really solid. They're going to throw Bauer, Castillo, and Gray at these guys. And if Iglesias can keep it together and Lorenzen can keep it together and some of their middle bullpen, uh, I, I think their pitching is better than Atlanta's. Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, so I like the Reds. Uh, I'm going to take Miami over Chicago. I think Miami's pitching is better than the Cubs. Okay. I, I think okay. Alcantara, uh, Sixto Sanchez, and Pablo Lopez is really pitching well. 
they get some timely hitting. I mean, who the hell knows? No one expected them to be here in the first place. So I'm going to pick Miami over Chicago, and I'm going to pick the Padres over the Cardinals. Um, I I think they'll out hit them. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, L.A. and Cincinnati to be in the uh, NLCS. And I'm going to pick the Dodgers to go the World Series, but I'm going to caveat that with they'll lose to Cleveland and they'll still be the best team in baseball for four years and not win anything. (laughs) Wow, okay, to lose to Cleveland. Interestingly enough, um, last night on Baseball Tonight, um, I guess they partnered with Araba Park Baseball, who ran a 1,000 simulations um, of these 16 playoff teams. And you know who they picked to win the World Series? They picked the Rays? Nope, they picked the Cleveland Indians. Did they? All right. Yeah. All right, so. Yeah, and they, 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 nailed, they nailed the Nationals last year. They picked the Nationals to win last year. Did they really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, so so who are you going with? So, I, I you know, I wasn't obviously as good as you in the early season picks. I got five out of the eight, as we just talked about. Uh, I am also going with a couple of upsets. Um the two that we have the same is uh, I'm picking Los Angeles over Milwaukee. I just don't see um, Milwaukee winning, winning um, even a game there. Um, no. They just they, they just don't look that good. And with, with, with Burns out now, um, I, I don't think they stand a chance. Um, I like, just like you do, I, I think Cincinnati's going to beat Atlanta. Um, I think that the uh, pitching is going to shut down the, the Braves and it's going to be another disappointment for the Braves in the playoffs this year. Um, I'm going to take Chicago, though, over Miami. Um, I, I think Miami caught a little bit of, of – if you can catch lightning in a bottle for, for 60 games, um, I think they did. Um, Sixto Sanchez didn't pitch that well in his last outing. And, um, you know, the, 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 the Cubs are going to throw Hendrick and, and Darvish 1-2. So, you know, that's, that's a pretty big 1-2 uh, uh, punch. And then it's a little bit of a homer pick, but I'm going to pick the Cardinals over the Padres. I like the fact that the Cardinals can throw um, um, Flaherty, um, Wainwright, who's pitched real well. And I, I think the, the surprise is going to be uh, uh, Kim um, from Korea, Kwang Hung Kim. Um, I, I think this guy is tough, particularly the fact that the Padres will have never seen him live um, because of how the divisions were set up this year. So I'm going to take the, uh, the Cardinals um, in, in that series. Um, I like you. Um, I, I've taken Los Angeles and Cincinnati to meet in the league championship series, and I'm going to predict that the Dodgers actually win the World okay. Series, beating Tampa Bay. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, I, unfortunately, the way the the playoffs are, I think Cleveland and Tampa are going to meet in the second round. I, I mean, assuming they both win the the first the first mini series, but I think Cleveland and Tampa meet in the second round. So. Um, that's, okay. that's kind of a shame that they're going to meet so early, but that's just the way they, you know, it's just the way the seedings fell up. Yeah. So yeah, Tampa's a good team too. All right. And then, yeah, uh, they, they really are. Uh, we had some other predictions. Let's talk about the pirate losses. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I thought they'd be around 500 and this was pre COVID, right? So we, I, sure. I said they'd yeah. lose about 85 games ish. You you thought more in the ninety five games, and they had a really bad year, and they had they would they haven't adjusted a hundred eleven lost season, man that is bad, a hundred eleven yeah, lost holy smokes they almost lost eighty five games in a sixty game season somehow, <laughs> yeah they 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 were bad, 
uh, and there was no. It's not even like they had guys hurt, and it's just a matter of them coming back. I, I mean, they, yeah, they, yeah, they they were historically bad. Uh, and then we had talked early on. This was COVID. After we knew that it would be a shortened season, uh, anyone hit over four hundred. Uh, you and I got you and I talked about. Yeah, you know, it's a possibility. Sixty games. Uh, I took bets, and he hit two ninety two. So I wasn't real close. And who who did you pick? I picked Christian Yelich, Ooh. and he was he was he he was just bad this year. And I think he hit two hundred five. Two hundred five. I wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were. I, yeah, we were both way off. No one I well, I guess Soto hit three sixty something or yeah, he hit three fifty one. Um that that's the closest they that we got there. And I think Blackman was hovering around four hundred till about mid August. And that's then the bottom fell out for him. So um yeah, he, and I, I think he hit just a tad over three hundred. Yeah, so he really wasn't even in the top five uh of hitting um, all right, so we'll see how this this playoff thing shakes out. We got it. We got our predictions noted. Uh, then we'll go to b- today in baseball history. Uh, so Ted Williams, 1941. Ted Williams elects to play in both ends of a doubleheader to end the season, and the, the guy goes six for eight. Now keep in mind he was hitting 400 before those games. He was hitting three nine 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 five five. So it rounds up to 400. He elects to play, goes six for eight, and it ends up with four oh six. That's pretty gutsy. Yeah, you know, but that's Ted Williams, isn't it? Yeah. So, uh, and I don't think, I don't think he won the MVP that year. He hit, no, he didn't. Yeah. Dimaggio did. That was the Dimaggio's fifty-six game hitting streak year. Right. Um, guy hits four hundred for the first time in like thirty years, and. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, 1979, our man Gary Templeton loved Gary Templeton. Yay. Uh, collect, yeah. Collects three hits on the last day of the year to be the first major leaguer to get 100 hits on each side of the plate. But there is a note. Um, he hit left-handed the last nine days of the season. So so he would get the 100 on the left side. So I guess it's a little skewed. But still, hey, you got the 100 hits on the left side, though. Yeah, that just showed you how bad the Cardinals were in that year, um, that they would allow him to, to do something like that. But an immensely talented player, one of my favorites. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Before they, before they brought Ozzy Smith in. Um, but uh, what, 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 a, what, what a great player he was. Yeah, I, I love Gary Templeton as well. Um, 2005, so I found this. San Diego Padres win the National League East with a 500 record. They were 79 and 79. So it's not the first time someone made the playoffs with a 500 record, and it, the funny thing is they needed three of, they needed to win three of the last four games to get the 500. So I don't remember that team, but it must they must have not have lasted too long in the playoffs. <laughs> 2005. Um, I, 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 I don't either because I want to say that they're actually their last playoff team was um, it's been since 2006 when they lost in the first round to. Uh, is it the first round or the second round? They lost the second round. Uh, I don't remember what year, um, what round, but they lost the Cardinals in 2006. Okay, so that yeah, that might have been the last time they were in this. Yeah. Right? Yeah, jeez, oh man, that's that's a long time. Um, and then lastly, 2011, uh, Braves lose on the last game of the season. They got swept by the Phils. The Braves blew an eight-game lead over the Cardinals in the wild card standings in a month. And um, 
and we all know what happened to the Cardinals after they, uh, I think, I think the Cardinals beat the Astros to get in or something like that. And, and, um, yeah, and and they had to wait to see if the Phils swept them. They did, and then the Cardinals win the World Series in 2011. Yeah, well, well incidentally, it was the last time the Phillies were in the playoffs. Is that right? It was. Yep. Yep. Oof. I Oof. Know. That's bad. Maybe, maybe you, you know what? With a better showing, maybe you could have applied for the GM job for, for the Phillies this year. <laughs> yeah, I think they should get some guy off the street. Jeez. You know, it's hey, funny. It's Ruben, Amar- it's Ruben Amaro's fault. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ruben Amaro is, is – he started announcing some of the Phillies games, like as a color commentator. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking, what are you hiring Ruben Amaro for? You know, I don't know, whatever. I, I mean, I thought Ruben did a good job. I've, I've said this in the past. That, that whole team busted up because Dominic Brown wasn't who everyone thought he was. If Dominic Brown was the guy to replace Ryan Howard – then, then maybe they keep pushing money into it and, and you know, hanging in there. And, but, yeah, he wasn't, and it just it just fell apart quick. So, all right. No, I, get, I get that, how, how you bank on, you know, a, a yeah. big player coming up, and you kind of build around that, and then you never really recover because, you know, superstar players, um, it, it's hard to find them, very hard to find them. Oh, my gosh, yeah. All right, uh, so what are you going to walk off with to end the 2020 well, season? Know, yeah, yeah. I just want to first of all thank um, all the listeners that have put up with you and I um, over the last what was it, twenty six, twenty seven weeks, thirty weeks, something like that. We started this in February. It's kind of a novel idea when we had our winter meetings at Rootdown in in, in Phoenixville, and um, just I've, I've had a blast doing this. Um, it's been something for me to look forward to. Um, hopefully, everybody's enjoyed it. Hopefully, you've enjoyed it, Chief. Um, but what we're going to do is we're going to scale back in this off season. We're going to have two podcasts in October and then one each in November, December, and January. Um, pick back up with two more in February. And then hopefully in March, we'll go back to weekly and start talking about the, the 2021 season. So um, just want to thank you, Chief. It's been, it's been fun, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to talking in the off season. Yeah, so, yeah, I did have fun. This is our 34th episode. So, yeah, I know. Believe it. (laughs) 34 straight weeks we did this. So, yeah, that was a lot. Yeah, it was fun. So we'll uh, like you said, we'll scale back in the the offseason. We'll and we'll crank it back up. uh, um, Probably, like you said, March, where we'll have start having weeklies and and hopefully. uh, Yeah. What? Yeah. We'll figure it out with this whole mask, no mask pandemic thing as we get into March, uh, as we get closer. all right, this is what I'm walking out with. Remember last week I talked about I, I got to make goals in these these uh, unprecedented times. That's a word you don't want to hear anymore. But um, <laughs> I made a rubric to determine which is a better show, Seinfeld or The Office, and that's what I did this week. So you you want to do you want my results? Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at what you. You go through it, and then I'll, I'll, I'll add one thing. Okay, so uh, Seinfeld and The Office both had a total of nine seasons, so they matched their uh, Emmys. Uh, Seinfeld had 68 nominations. The Office had 42, so you know Seinfeld leads toward that right there. Uh, main character. So I gave Seinfeld the nod. Uh, Jerry was on all nine seasons where Michael – he, he, he was in seven of the nine, and then they had a couple replacements. So I, I went with the main character, sticking it out for the, 
for the whole time. So that's Seinfeld on, in the Seinfeld column. Uh, supporting character. So I took the best supporting character. I think Kramer is in Seinfeld and Dwight is in the office. This was a tough call. Um, I went with Dwight. I, I thought Dwight was a better supporting character. Not that any slight on Kramer. Uh, I just went with Dwight. Um, and then I, I developed a, uh, a category called associative characters, meaning characters that aren't really part of the show on a regular basis, but you know they're there. They're, they're, and you know the backstories. So the, the office had uh, Todd Packer. I think he's an associative character. Uh, Joe Bennett. <laughs> and Todd Packer was a good character. He was, he was a total creep, but he was funny. Uh, Joe Bennett. And then Moe's. I thought Moe's was a good associative character. Moe's, yeah. Yeah. But Seinfeld really has a bunch of them. And I, I'm, I'm just going to go through a few. So George Steinbrenner, the, they had a character that they had an actor to play George Steinbrenner on a regular basis. Crazy Joe Devola, of course, is my name. The Maestro, the Virgin, the Low Talker, Mickey. Uh, Bob Sacamana was in multiple episodes, and he, you never saw him. It was just he was referred to. The Drake, Mulva, Jay Peterman, Jackie Childs is a great character. Poppy, Putty, Uncle Leo, Mr. Pitt, Art Vandelay, who was actually fictitious until the last, the last episode, and Dr. Van Nostren. So they're all associative characters. And, there's, and again, they both had nine seasons. So um, I, I, I thought Seinfeld got the nod there. And then what really stuck out is when I listed all the guest stars. So I'm going to throw some names out for Seinfeld. Brian Cranston, right, Breaking Bad guy. Bob Odenkirk. Also Breaking Bad, Deborah Messing, Kristen Davis from Sex in the City, Terry Hatcher, Courtney Cox, Mariska Hagatay, Tawani Katane, Lloyd Bridges, Keith Hernandez, Paul O'Neill, uh, Buck Showalter, Jeter, Danny Tartable was in a couple episodes, uh, Bernie Williams, uh, uh, Al Roker, Robert Wagner, Regis and Kathy, Judge Reinhold, Patrick Woolburton. So there is there is a list of guest stars and, and before they were even stars, the office still had some James Spader, Kathy Bates, Idris Elba, Amy Adams, Will Ferrell and Ray Romano, Jim Carrey, Will Arnett and Warren Buffett were all in in one episode. And Bob Odenkirk was actually in both. He he. Uh, yeah. Yep. He was a guest star in both of those. So I, I, I uh, leaned. You, you better call Phil. <laughs> I leaned it toward uh, Seinfeld on that. Uh, best episode. This was difficult. Uh, I thought Seinfeld's best episode is the contest. So if you've not seen Seinfeld, I would encourage you, Jay, to I go go watch that episode. It's a classic. Contest. Yeah, okay. but I went with the fire drill. That's a two-parter. You remember when Dwight, you know, he lit the fire in the trash can and he 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 locked all the doors so they couldn't get out, and he was. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah, I I, I. I do, and he cuts the face off the, uh, the, the, <laughs> right. the, the, the mannequin. The mannequin, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. I went with the episode on that. That that is a great. Um, yes, it is a, a great episode. Uh, pop culture phrases, and this was tough too. So Seinfeld has yada yada yada. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So if you watch it, you understand that. And uh, the other one was maybe the dingo ate your baby. That's a pop culture phrase that people would be recognized. But I went with the office because I think the two that that come out of there are pretty germane in our culture. And that is assistant to the right. If you anybody would know that one from that, what that was from assistant to the and that's what she said. So I, I think they're two <laughs> classic phrases. Uh, 
I, I had a category of intro music. I went with The Office with that. Uh, I had a simplicity of the intro with Seinfeld, which is really just the bass. And then it rolls right into the show. Uh, the plots were, were wildly different, and they, they maintained the same plot. In the end, I, I went with Seinfeld, 6 to 5. Uh, it was a tough call, but it was actually fun doing this. Um, I, it, it's hard for me to, to, to weigh in on this because I haven't seen Seinfeld, but um, I, I, I would have to think that um, The Office had, um, you know, kind of depth of characters is, is, is as nutty as um, Dwight may have been. He, he had a humanistic side to him that we saw later in, in, in the series, and I don't know if characters on Seinfeld were uh, more one-dimensional or if they were well-rounded. So, you know, I would you know, think that The Office did a pretty good job with their character development. Yeah, they, they did. Uh, the Seinfeld pretty much stayed who they were. Um, and if you saw the last episode, if they got arrested for not intervening in a, um, like a citizen's arrest type thing. They, they recorded it and were making fun of the guy getting getting robbed so that kind of sums up like who they were were as people and if you watch the last episode that's what they got thrown in jail for 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 not uh intervening when someone needed help and they instead they recorded it and made fun of them so yeah that that they kind of stuck to the characters all nine seasons that's who the, that's who their personality was well this will give me something to do after uh, the baseball playoffs in in October maybe I'll watch Seinfeld. So um, next uh, our next episode will be in a couple of weeks. Keep keep listening. Actually everybody if you could subscribe on on iTunes, you know, you'll know when our next podcast will be and we might be talking from Cooperstown, New York cuz you're going to be up in uh, at the Hall of Fame, right? In two weeks. I will. The, yep, I have my ticket right here on my desk. Um, baseball Hall of Fame opened up about 10 days ago. And Christy and I are going to yeah. go up the uh, first full weekend in October, which is the eighth, ninth, tenth, and eleventh, something like that. And we'll do the show. T- we'll do the show from uh, Cooperstown on Sunday morning. Absolutely. And if I may, if I may, um, if you have a chance to get one, to one of the best breweries in America, um, go to Omegang, which is probably five or ten minutes away from the Hall of Fame. Um, I think you might like it there. Okay, great. You got anything else, Champ? All right. I don't. Uh, settle in for some uh, baseball playoffs, and uh, I'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Enjoy Cooperstown, my friend. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right. Be good. Stay safe.